Well, hello, my name is Jeffrey Smith, and I'm the founding executive director of the Institute for Responsible Technology. I'm also the host and founder of A Magnificent New Normal, which reframes the current pandemic pause. One of the honored guests that I have among the more than 40 people that I interviewed about this special potential for this time is Ilarion Merkuliev, or in his native tongue, uh, Kuyach. And I'm so excited to have you, Kuyach, to talk about what we discussed in the interview to give people a little brief tease about how we can reframe this time period, which is so fraught with fear and worry and is as, as if it's a catastrophe, to a new way of looking at it, which gives us new opportunities. So first, thank you very much for joining me, and thank you for participating in a magnificent new normal. I said, hello, my other self, which is the way we greet each other every day. Amongst my people who are Unangin, uh, we don't say Aleut because that's the name given to us by our former oppressors. And uh, I belong to the people of the sea lion, the stellar sea lion. And I said that my traditional name is Kuyak, which like means an arm extending out from the body, a carrier of ancient knowledge into modern times, a messenger. I, when I first read that you're a carrier of ancient knowledge into modern times, uh, I, I included that in my in my email request to you if you could be a member because what I'm looking for, or what I was looking for when I lined up the thought leaders, some brilliant thought leaders from around the world, people have heard of them, Bruce Lipton, Eben Alexander, Jules, Zach Bush, Lynn Twist, David Perlmutter, Sue Mortar, Lynn McTaggart, Tom O'Brien, BJ Fogg, Alberto Violdo, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you, as one of them, I was particularly interested in the looking at this time through the lens of indigenous wisdom either as prophecies or as statements by elders. And you have held space for elders in the indigenous community for decades, being the space holder, representing them in the world. So you don't only access one peoples, you access tremendous number of indigenous communities. And so you are obviously someone that I wanted to basically give you a, a platform to bring that ancient knowledge to modern times. So please tell people, if you wouldn't mind, to just share your vision and version of what this pandemic pause is and how it's described in the indigenous prophecies. Yeah, first of all, well, thanks for having me on. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and given this opportunity to share elder wisdom, uh, I belong to a group called the Wisdom Weavers of the World now, uh, and uh, th they are concerned about the direction that the world is going in, and they, I ask them two questions. One, what is the state of the world as they see it now, and what must we be doing now? 
and uh, th they said that you know Mother Earth has lived for billions of years. She's going to live for billions more. It's a question about whether or not we humans are going to live, and it's going to be decided by people in this lifetime. Uh, and so uh, they feel like there's uh, they have to get their messages out to the world, and so we got on. Um, um, we launched our, our film um, uh, on Earth Day last year. It uh, was seen by some 80,000 people. It was interpreted into 15 different languages. Uh, and so that was a good start to the wisdom weavers of the world. Uh, and, you know, I come from a tradition that's very steeped in um, a spirituality. Not religion, but spirituality, um, where we can trace our roots back to Egypt and to Outer Mongolia, to Kamchatka, to Siberia, or, or to Siberia, then to Kamchatka, and across by traditional skin boat. That I built one myself. It took me nine months, and and it's 17 feet long and 22 inches wide. And we used to travel all the way to the tip of South America uh, on, on those, those small craft. Um, and we um, were, once we settled in the Bering Sea, we've settled, we've been there for over 10,000 years and we're still there. And it's very unique amongst indigenous people to do that. And we were the only people that didn't, in Alaska, that didn't have footwear, even in the wintertime. And uh, we didn't have any food storage technologies, except for air drying. Uh, and, you know, we're one of the only groups of people, native people in Alaska, that didn't have um, food storage technologies. And we have a word for billion. That was pre-industrial before science ever came on board. There's only one other culture that had a word for billions in their time. That was the Egyptians. And we used to mummify our dead just like the Egyptians did. The only difference was where we put the, the hole where we take out the insides of, uh, of the remains. Um, and so um, when I asked my elder on St. Paul Island, um, uh, what is this all about? And he says, look, you see that seabird over there? You think it worries about where it's going to get their food the next day? And of course the answer is no. Uh, he said, are we any different? No. Uh, you know, uh, this is the way my people lived. They were present in the moment and in the heart. The rest is taken care of. And we developed such a flourishing culture that we developed the most densely populated linear mile of shoreline in all of North America for our time. Um, and in places very hard to eke out living. And they did that by trusting. Uh, it's a faith that very few people have today, a faith that is embedded, embodied in, in every cell of the body of trust in yourself, trust in life processes, trust in life, trust in uh, Mother Earth, trust in the universe, trust in uh, we call the maker. It's complete and utter trust. 
uh, and it's not of the mind, it's in the heart. And uh, it's a kind of trust that, uh, and faith really, that very few people have today. But uh, this was the way of what we call the real human being. Uh, that uh, we are, uh, Unungan means the real human being, uh, and that lives by the sea. And uh, Inupiat, which is the, the people in the far north here, the, they, they meet, they meet, Inupiat means the real human being. Dene, uh, interior Alaska, it's the human being. So all of these are code messages from our ancestors to us today about what it takes to be a real human being, to be in our proper place. And that means, you know, be present in the moment and in the heart. And let the heart tell your mind what to do. Don't let your mind tell your heart what to do, which is the way things are today. Um, the seed of intelligence is looked at as in the mind. But in the traditional way, our hearts would tell our minds what to do, and the mind's job is to implement that which your heart is telling you. That's the job. But very few people do that today because they're afraid of uh, being in their hearts because it hurts so much. You know, the, the, the memory of your life, uh, the post-traumatic stress syndrome, the intergenerational traumas, that, that caused us to leave our hearts. And as soon as we left our hearts, we went into a mind consciousness. And uh, this mind consciousness is a masculine imbalance. Um, uh, whereas the you know, Mother Earth-based cultures, we're Mother Earth-based culture. We're in the heart telling the mind what to do, which is a very feminine aspect. So we all need that masculine and feminine. Anyway, the elders uh, um, listen to Mother Earth. We have in our own languages, our Aboriginal languages, uh, it's, a, it's a vibration, a reflection of the vibration of the land from which you come. Uh, and it, for those who have lived there for generations, it's, it's a reflection of the vibration of the land, and that allows us to communicate with Mother Earth. And this is something that indigenous people have had for a long time, but a lot of it has been destroyed now because of the imbalances that they experience. And so anyway, Mother Earth is saying, you know, release this pandemic. She released this pandemic. And what she's saying is that we need to stop what we're doing. You know, remember when the first pandemic hit, the world slowed down completely. You know, cars weren't uh, driving around and planes weren't going on. And um, it's, it's, was um, telling us we need to slow down yes. and that uh, because the, uh, the reason for that is because we need to slow down to listen to Mother Earth and what she's saying and very few people except for indigenous people are asking what is Mother Earth saying to us 
given this pandemic. And of course, we look at the pandemic as an enemy. We talk about defeating this virus. Uh, but the indigenous view is that um, uh, this is a message from Mother Earth. It's not an enemy. And, and if we label it enemy, we immediately shut down communication with her. Uh, that um, that th these illnesses and these sicknesses and and uh, the, the the violence of the weather and all this kind of thing uh, is is uh, something that we accept and look at and then reinterpret what what is happening and so we have what we call earth-based pace earth-based pace. That's what we do here in Alaska in the villages. There are over 200 villages here. And when you go to these villages, you notice that things are much slower. We walk slower, we talk slower, we act slower. And, uh, and this is a, an adaptation from the village of being closer to the pace of Mother Earth so that we can listen to her. And this is why uh, Native uh, cultures throughout Alaska have uh, survived and thrived in harsh conditions because we listen to Mother Earth and we actively communicate with her. Uh, and this is something that is very alien to most people now because we've left our hearts. And we left our heart, when, as soon as we left our hearts, due to guilt, shame, remorse, anger, rage, jealousy, all these things from the past that are here with us today, or projection into the future of something that hasn't happened yet, out of fear, we take ourselves out of the proverbial present moment and, uh, and from the heart. We separate from our hearts. And then when we separate from our hearts, it's easy to separate from another person. I can separate from you. You know, if we didn't have this constant reminder that you are on one, you are my other self. And this is the way that I grew up. I grew up in a very traditional way. My generation was the last generation that had a fully traditional upbringing. And, and so... Um, we, uh, when we separate from our hearts, we, we, we went to the mind, and the mind creates all these things that we're facing today. I mean, even I'm, Albert Einstein said, you can't solve the problem by the same consciousness that created the problem in the first place. I mean, that's crazy. If, you know, if your imbalanced mind is creating these state-of-the-art thinking, it's nothing but the old regurgitated as a new. And so we, we look at what Mother Earth has shown us since this pandemic hit. Um, uh, right after it hit, animals were seen going where people used to be all over the world. And you could see the Himalayas from India for the first time in 30 years. And the ozone layer above the Arctic healed completely. Uh, this is her showing us 
what uh, that she can heal quickly, much quicker than we think, and that if we just do the right thing, which is we need to slow down, and we need to contemplate what we have wrought, and make a mid-course correction, and um, they, the elders, you know, they don't talk about this, but they're concerned that we don't have too much time left and that we need to change our consciousness now. Wow, that was absolutely beautiful and so articulate. Basically, underscoring what you said in the beginning about having lived billions of years, the, ch the choice or the opportunity to live millions or billions of years in the future is going to be determined by this generation, and that this generation has fractured between the mind and the heart and focused too much on the mind, and that the pandemic is an opportunity to slow us down, to listen to the heart and to listen to Mother Earth, imagining that if we listen to Mother Earth, she's gonna have us in, in listening to the heart at the same time, rebalancing the masculine and the feminine and that in that context by feeling and moving from the heart we will have an at oneness where we'll see our other selves as other beings and that in that somehow in that equation of a balanced masculine and feminine of a redefining the relationship that we have with the other that we can then make the choices that would allow humanity to exist going past this generation into all future generations. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you from my experience, uh, Kuyach, um, I've been focused on protecting the genetic integrity of all living beings and all future generations from genetic engineering. And a friend of mine, John Stokes, had a friend of his from an indigenous uh, community talk about the choices that they saw that could determine whether the biological evolution would continue as it had been or whether it was going to be the end of biological evolution as we know it. And when I heard that, I realized, oh, he's talking about this area where if we introduce GMOs and among other things, we could lose biological evolution as we know it. This particular indigenous leader mentioned this in the early 90s. So he was way ahead, way envisioning what we now know to be the threat. But when you think about, from my perspective, as I think about it a lot, what is creating the genetic engineering and how it could be an existential threat that could eliminate the biology as we know it, it's the thinking through the mind and it's not only through the mind, but it's the narrowest of thinking of the mind, not holistic thinking, but the narrow reductionist thinking where it's man's domination over nature, not the respect and intelligence of nature, but trying to force nature to fit into the mold of mankind's desires, where at the same time creating unpredicted side effects that could move out of control. And so your description of the correction, listening to Mother Nature, coming into our heart and feeling the oneness between us and others and listening to Mother Nature is in fact the antidote 
to what it is that I am working on and have been for 25 years. So, you know, some people realize that they know me as a GMO activist. I helped lead the world on that issue for 25 years. And they see me do a magnificent new normal and go, Jeffrey, what's all this about? And it turns out that the leap, which is discussed by so many people, the fact that consciousness is a field discussed by Bruce Lipton, Eben Alexander, Sue Mortar, and, and others, the fact that the indigenous wisdom talks about this as an opportunity to evolve human consciousness in relationship to nature, it turns out it is the antidote. And if in fact, if in fact, we are facing the existential threat of the permanent replacement of nature by a corrupted gene pool as an existential threat, and the pandemic wakes us up to realize what we need to do to protect nature, then the silver lining of the pandemic is the continued existence of the human race, or even bigger, the continued existence of biology biological evolution as we know it. So in that sense, it's not this thing to be feared as the only way to respond. There are certain precautions people need to be taking, but it is a thing to be, it is an invitation to a practice that is significant. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, you know, the fear um, is something that has been adapted since we shifted to the mind in mind consciousness there's no fear in the heart it guides you impeccably it's filled with love it's filled with compassion it's filled with all these things that we're seeking but we run away from it and uh, you know the the world i, I think about how um, you know we have political corruption uh, wars uh, suicides, violation of gross violation of women, all these things uh, that are due to one source. And that's when we left our hearts and that we need to find our way back there. And it's not going to be an easy job. I mean, the greatest distance is, as they say, between the mind and the heart. And, uh, you know, for me, when I first did this, uh, that was some 35, 40 years ago. Uh, I was at the peak of patriarchy. I was the Commissioner of Commerce and Economic Development for the state of Alaska, first native that ever had that position. And I was the head of uh, or vice president of a, a $3 billion company. I was the head of some 17 boards and councils. And I gave it all up in one day. Now, Hopi Maori say, let go of the side of the riverbank, move towards the center, find those who have done the same, and celebrate. Well, <laughs> what that means is let go of the side of the riverbank means letting go of all human attachments. And go towards the center means going towards your proverbial heart center and the center of the river of life because it knows where it's going. We know. And find those who have done the same. Find those who have had the courage to jump like you did because you know it takes courage because uh, you know I, I, I had to let go of worrying about what my career was going to do where I was going to get money to live you know how I'm going to live and all these kinds of things I had to let go of that this is the legacy of my people they understood that 
and I had that to lean on to help me to, to jump. And um, that's when the magic happens. But you're not going to find it if you don't have the courage to do it. And the elders are saying that, that your heart contains the gift that you have for the world. And that the only way you can get to it is go to the heart. And it's not going to be a logical or rational process. That's the mind. And we, we've got to uh, uh, understand that this is not a rational and logical process. And it's going to take real courage. And uh, this is why I do what I do. I love your 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 description of moving into the river and finding others and, and finding how to come into the heart. It turns out that whereas you had the indigenous wisdom to support you in that process from a people's who did not need to store food because they were so in tune with current present reality, they were able to survive. This is one of the, for those that don't have that, I would like to offer humbly a magnificent new normal because we have people, for example, who teach on purpose, how to find your purpose. There's an expert on purpose. There's an expert on finding a mission. There's an expert on finding our foundational qualities, our passion, our dharma. There's another group that talks about, another group of people that talk about breaking through the internal traumas. Many people talk about the, ba the balance between the masculine and the feminine, dealing with our particular parts, breaking through the mind and going into a more unified quantum level of understanding rather than the old classical understanding the whole 90 the whole program of the magnificent new normal was designed to give people the highest quality of perspectives and choices that they could then use to redefine themselves to create the leap for themselves that'll help bring society along so yep. on, in, our, in our interview the first question i asked you which is what i asked everyone first is what's your vision of a post-pandemic civilization which allows everyone to lock on to what is possible and the second question i asked you and everyone was how can people step into the highest version of themselves and in there we went deep and had question after question about practical fundamental tools to redefine our relationship with all aspects of our life and since we're in the pandemic pause and have left the deep grooves of the old patterns and haven't yet re-emerged into our new normal that it's time to up level our choices up level our perspective and make our choices magnificent so we discover our magnificence in our heart and in our purpose, and then create a magnificent new normal for ourselves and the world. So I feel like your indigenous wisdom and what you have holding you from your community, I couldn't offer that because I don't have that, but I brought together beautiful thought leaders from around the world to offer what they could in this series. Yeah, well, that's... that's uh you're following your heart. So you're giving that as a gift to the world. Um, and that's what will happen when we all follow our hearts. We're going, we're, you know, we, my elder Rita Blumenstein, she was the, spirit, uh, the spiritual guide for the 13 indigenous grandmothers. 
She said, we don't do any, anybody any favors by thinking small. <laughs> <laughs> and it is so true that, that your vision uh, must encompass everything. Um, and so the, the vision, uh, the elders are talking about, you know, we're focusing on stopping the, the masculine imbalanced things that are happening that are horrible. Um, but we are, we are physical, mental, spiritual energy beings. And that when we do this stopping, we are pouring this energy into that which we're trying to stop. Uh, instead, they say, we must focus on that which we want to see, not in reaction to anything else. And yes, we, we do what we do here, but don't pour our mental, physical, spiritual energies into that. Pour it into the world that you want to see. That's very much uh, what the sages of the world have said for years. Oh, yeah. The, of years. the mechanics of how to manifest our desires in proper thinking should have been the number one course, in my opinion, in school. Should have been the number one conveyance. First, how to find yourself in your heart so that your desires are aligned with natural law, and then how to fulfill those desires. And I love when you said, you know, thinking small doesn't, doesn't help anyone. My slogan is, think huge, thinking big is so last century. So I, <laughs> we, don't, we have huge requirements now for humanity. As you said, the choice of whether humanity is going to exist or not is in this generation. And so who's going to handle that if they're dealing with small thinking? No one with small thinking. So exactly. one of the things that we do in a magnificent new normal, and I interview 43 people, and when it's time for me to talk in my own session, I talk about finding our own superhero, the part of us that say yes to the hugest level of thinking that we are designed to, and how to go past our glass ceilings where as we're trying to tap against our glass ceilings, that's when we face the fear and am I good enough and all that. But if we go straight above it, above the roof or above the forest, there is a fearlessness because we embody a way of being that we were designed to be, where we're aligned with our heart, we're beyond the fear of the mind. And when we can leap that distance from the head to the heart, then there's no more fear to deal with. Then there's that trust, and it's not trust based on trying to convince myself of a trust. It's, a, it's simply standing in that power that is our birthright and that has been tapping and calling us all our lives. So I, I really, I'm hoping that people will use this opportunity in A Magnificent New Normal or just even from this interview with you, uh, Kayach, to to take this opportunity to leap up above the fear by leaping down into the heart and living our magnificence. Because right now in this moment, in this time when humanity is in a phase transition, in my opinion, any change we make now is multiplied. It's, it's rippled bigger than normal because most people are in a, what am I going to do to redefine myself when I emerge, which means they're ready to change the way and who they are. This is the time 
for us to secure our future. Absolutely true. You know, I'm, I'm giving like two um, Zoom conferences a week now where I'm presenting at the invitation of others that has gone on for like six months now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm finding that people all over the world are changing. They're changing and they're, they're, they're saying, well, we recognize that none, nothing we've done in the past is working anymore. What do we do now? And there's the opportunity to jump in and uh, suggest some ways and, and, and guides that, that can help you through this process. It's, um, and there are many organizations I'm finding around the world that are getting that. And they're, they're really starting to do things now. And so I, I feel that there is a lot of um, um, room for uh, hope. Now, the elders say that um, the, uh, this masculine, they've been a masculine imbalance and feminine imbalance since the beginning of time. And time began when we slipped out of the present moment. Mm. We invented time. And that this swing of this pendulum between masculine and feminine imbalance, we have the chance of stopping it in dead center in this generation. And so that's also another um, uh, positive thing that we can look forward to. If we have the discipline and the courage to, to follow our hearts. Man, I love when you just come out with these incredible gems. I remember in our in our interview, we were talking about masculine and feminine balance, and you just pointed out in prayer how that works, how that, that there's a masculine and feminine component of that, which was I've never heard anyone say. There's I just love how you're steeped in not only the wisdom of your own people, but of so many indigenous uh, traditions. It just yeah. comes spontaneously. Yeah, it's, it's called original instructions. Yes. Uh, and we, uh, at one point before time began, uh, the original instructions were templated around the world, identical to each other, only different because of the vibration of the land, their culture, and their language. And, but other, thing, other than that, it was identical. And this is why I could go to, uh, like I went to Patagonia, to Southern Argentina to meet with the Mapuches in ceremony. They didn't know me, except that they knew that I followed the traditional way. And, and that's what they do. And um, so it's, it's easy for someone, um, uh, like myself, to travel anywhere around the world and be invited by the, the spiritual elders. And I can understand everything that's going on, but I can't understand the language or the culture or anything else. Uh, I can feel the vibration of the land, uh, but it's, um, it's something that everybody has the capability of doing. Everyone can do this. If I can do it, you can do it. And Everybody else can do it. And we are the, the gurus today. Every one of us are gurus. There's no singular guru anymore. And your answers are in your heart. 
Thank you so much for this wisdom. And I want to I want to say that uh, I want to once again invite people to join us in a magnificent new normal. We have uh, Kayuch and I spend a full hour going deep into some of the topics we've already discussed and many many others. We come in with new science like Bruce Lipton in term and and Lynn McTaggart in terms of consciousness as a field, which provides some scientific understanding to support indigenous wisdom. We have mystical experiences described by Eben Alexander, the neurosurgeon who, whose near-death experience was the most uh, popular one or most famous one in the world, and Sue Mortar who had a unity experience, and Kristen Kirk, and Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones, he talks about his. So we have direct experience of that field of connectedness. And then we have the methods of clearing the leftover stuff that we want to get out of our way so we can then realign ourselves with our hearts. And then in that context, Claire and Mark Dubois talk about a unity love affair with nature. And um, Sarah McCrum talks about reacquainting and re-relating with money for the first time. And Alison Armstrong, a, no, a new understanding of masculine feminine balance. So all of these different changes occur as we connect to our original instructions, convince our mind that it's okay to believe because the science supports us, learn the techniques to drop in like meditation from Bob Roth and others, learn the process of clearing the, the detritus that's in the way, and then how we redefine our relationship with everything, and then emerge as a person in their purpose, possibly a spiritual activist that's talked about by some of the folks, and helping to create a magnificent new normal for the world. So the, you're, you're really, the indigenous wisdom and the original instructions are the foundation of it all. Yeah. Uh, very beautifully said. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this very special conversation. Thank you, Kayuk, for your continued devotion to aligning humanity with the original instructions, for balancing the masculine and feminine, for listening in our hearts, for listening to Mother Nature, for being completely trusting and fearless in the present moment at the pace of nature and for being a spokesperson of the ancient wisdom into this time as your name describes. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Live Healthy, Be Well. Please subscribe to the podcast using whatever app you listen to podcasts with. Or go to livehealthybewell.com to subscribe. This podcast will inform you about health dangers, corporate and government corruption, and ways we can protect ourselves, our families, and our planet. I interview scientists, experts, authors, whistleblowers, and many people who have not shared their information with the world until now. Please share the podcast with your friends. It will enlighten and may even save lives. Safe eating.